It's no wonder that the singers and song leaders were counted among, along with the priests, leading the Israelites, leading the people of God. Uh, we have messages that we sing, messages that we need to hear, and music is a powerful way that the Lord unites us and brings us together and brings messages that reach into the very core of our being, reach our spirits, the Holy Spirit using music to reach and communicate with our spirits. Who do you listen to? Who is it that you listen to? And when I say listen, um, I am talking about hearing plus following. So when I say listen, I mean hear plus follow. And I wonder who it is that, uh, who comes to mind? When I ask you the question, who are you listening to? Not who do you just, who do you hear, but who are you listening to? Hear plus follow. Who is it that comes to mind? Can you imagine somebody, is someone come to mind that you listen to? What I wonder is if we notice or we're even aware of who it is that we listen to. I wonder if we are aware of it. Uh, we are very busy. There are lots of voices that are speaking and talking, and there are lots of people uh, writing and on the www, the interwebs, wherever, whenever, whoever. If there is uh, the economy that we're in today, if I could sum up the socio-economic, political economy in one word, it would be satiated. Satiated is a great word because it combines this a sense of fullness and satisfaction. And so our economy, this environment that we're living in today is all about being satiated. Fill, fill, fill. Fill to overflowing, be full, be satisfied, meet your desires, gratify, big gulp, Extra large, supersize. And that's what we're being told is good. And so it's very difficult then to actually listen, actually know who it is that you're listening to, to discern. And it's especially almost impossible to hear the cries of people on the margins. To hear sorrow, to hear the disenfranchised, to hear people with a quieter but necessary voice. So who do you listen to? Well, some people say, well, you know what? We, this is, life is, is fate. It's just, it's already, everything is predetermined. 
the makeup of who we are is already, there are people that are called the nothing butters. And that is it, it, nothing but. We're nothing but ourselves and our DNA and our biology. The, it, the argument is that, well, we're kind of like a watch, human beings. We're made. There's these components. Watches used to even require winding. They don't anymore. So it's just a bunch of components. It's set. It's already determined what it's supposed to do, and it just does what it does, and that's that. But in reality, we are more akin to an airplane. Maybe not a paper airplane, but I'll, I'll use this. We're, and when I say we, I'm speaking both of us as a church and as individuals. We are wonderfully and beautifully made. We are stitched together. We are formed in our mother's wombs. So there's the, the, the makeup of the paper, the, the material. We were, uh, had a campfire recently and we had uh, birch wood and we noticed the bark peel and we could go, oh no, we're, it looks almost like paper. So there's the makeup of that and so we know that we are wonderfully made physically and so on. But there's also the plane also in order to fly is dependent on the conditions and the things around it. Um, Airflow, thermoclines. There are different aspects that actually help and enable the plane to fly. So those things that are part of our environment, like we need air uh, to breathe, we need water, we eat food, different kinds of food, we have relationships that affect who we are, are part of our identity. There's also something interesting, though, of course, and that is that a plane also has a pilot. And the pilot is learning and from the environment and it is learning and adjusting and adapting and especially as conditions change. And so we are more like this than we are a watch. And we have our identity is physical, but our identity is also the, uh, constructed by the environment, our relationships, and internally, alluding to the pilot, our memories, our conscience, our character, our moral character, all of that is part of who we are. That is actually a big part of our identity. And like the pilot, our conscience and our memories and our character can adjust, created with the capacity to adjust and learn and adapt. And so who do we as a church and as individuals 
listen to, hear plus follow. We're in our sermon series, Life in Between. I was reflecting as I was looking at the music team this morning. There were eight people on this platform. And when we started into uh, this COVID context in March, that was how many people, well, we had nine that we could have in the facility entirely. We're getting, we're getting there. We're getting there. This life in between, and we're in 1 John, and I want to invite you to turn to 1 John 3. I'm going to read a few verses, 21 to 24. 1 John 3, 21 to 24. Beloved, if our hearts, heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do what, he, what pleases Him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. We hear from ourselves, as John points out, if your spirit does not condemn you. So we certainly hear from ourselves. We talk to ourselves, as John points out. He also reiterates the great commandments that Jesus reiterated when Jesus was talking in Matthew 22. John reiterates those commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and mind. The second is like it. Love your neighbor is yourself. Upon these two depend all the law and the prophets. And First John here, John is reiterating that. And to be clear, this wasn't something that just uh, Jesus just uh, said or taught. Jesus lived this out, being fully human and fully God. But as a human being, he lived this out. In fact, he's the only one who perfectly lived this out. But do you notice that last sentence in verse 24? John says, this is, we know that Jesus abides in us and we abide in him by the spirit whom he has given us. God the Father and the Son have given us the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. This being is the Holy Spirit. This being is alive. Scripture says that Jesus listened to the Holy Spirit and was guided by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before he departed earth and ascended to heaven, he breathed on his disciples and he gifted them with the Holy Spirit. And all people who believe and accept and follow Jesus Christ as Lord receive the Holy Spirit. John wrote about it in chapter 7. So we, by faith, 
understand and accept that as followers of Jesus, we have received the Holy Spirit. We have been gifted. You are gifted. We are gifted. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, Now you have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that you might know the things freely given to you by God. Later on, he says in 1 Corinthians 3, uh, Do you not know that your body is the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? God has been working and getting increasingly closer to human beings. All of his creation is his temple. A building structure is his temple. And then finally, as prophesied by Jeremiah and has come into fulfillment after the ascension, uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ, is that human beings are now the temple. The temple of the Holy Spirit whom we have from God. We are not our own. We've been bought with a price. The Holy Spirit guides. The Holy Spirit leads. The Holy Spirit is talking to us. Convicting us. Not condemning, but convicting us. Helping us to increasingly turn towards the Lord and live sanctified, holy, set-apart lives. Like the airplane, constructed of all this material, that is who we are biologically, also our environment and our conditions that enable and, and persuade us, our relationships and what we eat and so on, but we do, our identity includes our conscience, our moral character, our memories, our abilities, our way of thinking. And what we understand is that when we accept Jesus and follow him as Lord, we by faith understand that we receive the Holy Spirit comes in to the airplane with us and is talking to our pilot all the time. Guiding and leading. He's there. He's speaking. He's convicting. Helping us to learn and adjust. And so is it the Holy Spirit that we listen to? Do we depend on the Holy Spirit? When I ask that question as a church, who do we listen to? And as individuals, who do you listen to? Is the Holy Spirit come to mind first? Or fifth? Or at all? To live in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, that word actually means partnership. Partnership. Fellowship is partnership with the Holy Spirit. It is His will. And you know what's really interesting? As a church, friends, that at the beginning of Revelation, just a few chapters in, when John is writing and he begins in writing to the churches and he describes in Revelation 3 this picture where Jesus is outside and Jesus is knocking on a door and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice 
and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And you know what that picture is? That picture is of Jesus outside the church building. It's not, if in the first instance, it's not about an individual. It's about the church building. John is writing to the churches and he's saying, churches, some churches are not led by the voice of Jesus Christ, are not led by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is actually just outside, knocking, wanting to lead the church as his will is to do. So then we are a church to the extent that we respond to. We abide in Christ. We abide in Christ to the extent that we are led by the Holy Spirit. As Paul writes in Romans 8. As individuals and as a church, we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, like Jesus Christ, when we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. As Jesus himself walked, as the church then. And so what evidence is there? What evidence will there be that we are a church that is led by and fully committed to following and being led and guided by the Holy Spirit? What evidence is there in our lives, in our families, that we are led by and guided by the Holy Spirit? I want to pause here to ask if you have a question. We'll take a few minutes for a question and response. If there's a, a question that you have, uh, you can uh, text or email to ask at semconline.com or you can stand where you are and uh, ask your question and we will respond to those questions. Uh, so we'll just take a, a, a few minutes here to see if any of you have, have a question. If something has come through, we have our, our moderator off to the side who's ready to field your questions if there's something that uh, you, you have that you want to ask. Maybe I, I want to ask you a question while we're waiting for those questions to trickle in. As a church, what evidence would there be what, what evidence would there be that we, are, that we are following and being led by the Holy Spirit? What would need to happen? What would be happening? If you could picture something happening within our church that you would say, that is an indication that we are led by the Holy Spirit. Children of God, led by the Holy Spirit. What would it be? Love one another. Singing. singing. Okay. Tell me more about singing. Uh, a, a way we sing the the or the or, or what? The words stir our hearts and become real to us. Okay. The words stir our hearts and become real to us. Okay. Yeah. Can the evidence look different to different people? It's an interesting question. Um, so, teasing that apart, 
I would say that there is all kinds of different evidence. So uh, there won't be just one thing that is evidence that we evident that, that we are being led by the Holy Spirit. And we do have different perspectives. So for some people, this will be clear. Oh, when, when this is happening, we're led by the Holy Spirit. When this is happening, we're led by the Holy Spirit. Let me turn that question around and say, how do you know? How, do you, how, how can you discern evidence? How do, how do we know that that is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding? When there's joy and there is life and there is activity and excitement, okay? So joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The scripture talks about that. Um, life, we talk about some emotions. For some people of different ethnic backgrounds, emotions are kind of... Uh, we want to be cautious. Hmm. Some ethnic backgrounds are really gregarious and very highly emotive, and then the next ethnic group is kind of stoic and like, you know, and yet, emotions are wonderful. Hmm. I can think often, listen, I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, when the Israelites passed through and were actually rescued and they made it through the Red Sea and they got to the other side, what do you think they did? They danced and sang. They hauled out the tambourines. I know of a Mennonite church that has a conga line in the, on the, in the aisle. They're in Kinshasa. Yeah. Two more so far. Um, okay. Does being led by the Spirit always lead to unity? Okay. So that's a good question. Does the... Uh, uh, does being led by the Spirit always lead to unity? Does being led by the Spirit always lead to unity? So someone wants me to step in something there. That's a very, <laughs> so, so that's a very good question. Does being led by the Spirit always lead to unity? Scripture describes that the goal and the desire of the Holy Spirit is unity. Because unity reflects the Trinity. So the Holy Spirit is leads and is desirous of unity. So if this group and this group are open and willing and guided truly by the Holy Spirit, the outcome will be unity. But we have humans involved. And we are reluctant to let the Holy Spirit not only just influence, but at times pilot the plane. Maybe what we do is we pilot and we let the Holy Spirit sit in the cockpit and watch. Maybe take a turn 
but it's difficult to actually have and allow the Holy Spirit to guide. So people will say sometimes there can be tumult because of the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit's will is unity, working towards unity that reflects the Trinity. But because humans, we are involved, sometimes there can be, as a result of, there can be discord or disunity. But I would not hang that on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, good question. We have one more. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned God or, or the Holy Spirit convicts us, not condemns us. Uh, can you unpack that for us, uh, the difference between conviction and condemnation? Okay. Romans 8. I think it is 1 and 2. Somebody can check that. For there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Am I, am I right? Is that Romans 8? 1 and 2. Okay. Look at that. Romans 8, 1 and 2. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life, life has set us free Okay, so God the Father loves us. So he sent his son, pre-existing, sent his son. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, speaks and, and guides and convicts us of sin, but doesn't condemn us. Now, what does that mean? That means that you will not hear, the condemn means to put down. So you won't hear the Holy Spirit say to you as a church, church, you're no good. Church, you're just useless. Church, there's no point in even trying. Church, look at all those mistakes you made. That is of the enemy. That is not from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That's condemnation. That's being put down. That goes for you as an individual. What you will hear, though God the Father do, you will hear Him assure you that He loves you. Because the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is unity bound by love. Love is eternal. Faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. It's eternal. It binds together. So the Holy Spirit will begin, the voice of Jesus will begin by saying, I love you. Then he will say, most likely, within a few short sentences, you are my child, I love you. You are my church, I love you. I gave my life for you. Yeah. Yeah. The children have got it. Bring on the children. Conviction is, the Holy Spirit will say, you know what, Gary? You weren't very kind to that person. You know what, Gary? You need to be more gentle. You know what, Gary? You need to stop watching those movies that have all that language or that violence. You need to stop. You know what, Gary? You know why you're you're bothered by the video game? It's because it's not helping you out anymore. That's conviction. That's actually the Holy Spirit saying to you or to me, that's a mountain that you're flying towards. You need to change course. That's conviction. Condemnation is, you're a useless airplane. There is no condemnation. Thank you. Brilliant. Love it. Have we got one more? We got two more. Two more. 
BP? Am I okay? All right. Can we listen to the Holy Spirit through another person? The Holy Spirit often sounds like my wife. (laughs) No, sorry. Sorry, you answered that. that, that, Did you add that? Is that your wife asking the question? No, that's not her phone number. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the question is, can Garth hear the Holy Spirit through me? No. So the, the, the question is, can we hear the Holy Spirit through somebody else? Yeah, that's another really good question. I like that question. So, friends, listen, um, this is really important, and and we need to, again, just untangle this a little bit. Yes, the Holy Spirit can guide and direct through the life of other people. That's actually God's plan. That's part of His plan, to go and make disciples. And as we go and make disciples, we are embodying the gospel. We are enacting the gospel. So that's part of his plan, that we can hear and be influenced, the Holy Spirit speaking through other people to us. But here, listen. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit gives me a message to tell you. I'm not praying and listening and saying, Holy Spirit, Could you give me a message to tell Garth? That isn't the point. The point isn't for me to ask the Holy Spirit for a message to tell Garth as much as it is for me to embody the gospel, to listen well, to seek to understand. And then, as I'm present in this situation, and I've listened, and I've understood, and I ask, Holy Spirit, what do I do next? What do I say next? What happens next? That then maybe I can offer a question, maybe I can wonder with them, maybe I can ask something or say something, but it's going to be fully guided by the Holy Spirit. I hope, I hope that helps. Okay. One more in this. Uh, okay. Yeah. When might the Holy Spirit make us uneasy? Could you uh, say that again? When might the Holy Spirit make us uneasy? When might the Holy Spirit make us uneasy? Yes. That's very good. I, 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 again, I'm going to have to say... Um, a lot of the time. It's conviction, right? It's actually a lot of the time. So I wonder, like behind that, so you hear me say that God will begin by saying, I love you. God will begin by saying, you are a child of God. But to follow Jesus Christ, you know what Jesus was saying is, take up your cross. And follow me. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. And he was, he was tempted. That is the act of the enemy tempting him.
The Holy Spirit is the voice of Jesus testifying to the name of Jesus. And if we are embodying and enacting the gospel message and following Jesus, that will mean that there will be times of difficulty. It will mean sacrifice. We talked in the class, Sunday school class this morning about inconvenience and difficulties even at the store when you see somebody that you really don't want to talk to because you're busy or you have other things and you see and you, you maybe, it happened to me just on Saturday and so maybe you go to another aisle or whatever and really the Holy Spirit is guiding and saying, oh look, there's so and so and you have all these other reasons why you don't want to have time and go and just something that simple is saying, you know what, I, I'm, I will. I'll go and talk to them. I, I, I think actually the, the, the Holy Spirit is leading us to great times of, of sacrifice and difficulty. I'm, I'm struggling, friends, and with this I'm going to close. I'm struggling, friends, with I'm worried that we are creating heaven on earth for ourselves. And I put myself in that category. That we are creating our homes and our yards and our, our places and we're busy with them and we're busy with all of that and we're creating these utopian conditions on earth so much so that we're, we're not really embodying the gospel led by the Holy Spirit. We don't really have time anymore for it. And yet the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing us and telling us, here, this is what I want you to do, and here, this is where I want you to go. And it's not condemnation, it's conviction. I'm feeling it. I'm just feeling it. I'm feeling it personally. I'm feeling it. And so I believe that, yes, in fact, I would call it, um, I would call it an indicator, an evidence of leading of the Holy Spirit when when there is discomfort, when you as the pilot are letting the Holy Spirit guide your plane, guide your life more and more, you're going to have to live more and more by faith. Well, I'm going to have to let go more and more. And we're coming to... Uh, Speaking of music, the Holy Spirit is the one that enables us to worship and praise the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit. So not only do we need to um, open our intellect and allow us to think and think through these things, but we need to open our emotions as well. We were, many of us were impacted. It was not just me. I felt this morning, I felt the leading of the Holy Spirit this morning during that, that song. It was speaking to you. It really was. We speak the name of Jesus, interestingly, and it was, it was palpable, right? Am I right? That's the Holy Spirit. And then we just say, okay, okay, then we'll go there. We'll go there. We'll listen, and we'll be shaped. SEMC, we're in a time of decision-making, we're in a time of decision-making. Our leaders, uh, church council, is spending some time this summer in considering ministries, the ministries of the church, brought about in part because of our COVID context, but also because many of our ministries are decades old when they were established, and we have, over the last couple of decades, just added ministries without considering the suite of ministries in their entirety. So the ministries have increased, if you will, over the time. So they're looking at that, and so they need much prayer and discernment. 
next week, not this coming week, but the week after, uh, I will be going away on, on retreat for a few days to consider the next teaching and preaching year, as I do each year. And I need much prayer and discernment. And so I'm going to ask you, as a, uh, as a church family, as one practice of being led by the Holy Spirit, I'm going to invite you in this week and next week, at least for the next couple of weeks, to a time of fasting. And that fasting can be, you can miss one meal, you can skip meal, a couple of meals in the day, uh, you can uh, fast from technology, you can f- pick what you're going to fast from ahead of time and then stay with it, and maybe it's one meal. Maybe it's two. But this week, fast at least once and next week again. And and when you do, understand, you're giving yourself and saying, we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let food dictate to me. I'm not going to let the conditions in my environment be the one that's totally uh, uh, guiding and and directing. But I'm going to let the Holy Spirit be the one that's guiding and directing. So food, you're going to have to take a back seat this morning or this afternoon. Drink water. My desire is that we as a church body, that we listen and we are guided by the Holy Spirit. And when we are doing that, then Jesus is here. And we are, we are then Jesus is the head as we are in step with the Holy Spirit. Then we become the body of Christ. We, we become the body of Christ. And I desire, friends, I invite you to be led by the Holy Spirit individually. Because then you become truly the masterpieces that you were created to be. Truly human. We are gifted. You are gifted with the Holy Spirit.